You and I are in the fourth quarter of this game. Boy, are we ever. In fact, there's only like eight minutes left of the. This is crunch time. Don't you know that the music should be solemn? This is Theo Rossi. This is Kim Coates. And this is Theory. You know, I wish I could just tell the people out there, you incredible Sam fam. Rossi basically has me pissing my pants at the start of every fucking show. I'm ready to be serious. I'm ready to, you know, take me ser- No, it's forget it. There's no serious. I, I, no, I swear to God, I laughed so fucking hard at you, you fucking idiot. So the the we we just said we're going to talk about two things and then we're going to get into this episode because I'm jumping on a jet plane to leave and on a jet, jet plane. plane. Rossi's going and he coming back again. <laughs> really quick, um, <laughs> our merch is out there. Why? Do you want to hear something crazy about our merch? Please. I just got off the phone with the one and only Caesar Arvello. Oh my god. There so has good. been over a hundred fake sites have picked up to try to sell the shirt. It's the most we've ever had. We usually had like one or two, like a hundred. Oh, show's huge now. It's so All weird. these fucking assholes out there want to copy, copy, copy. Fuck copy. you. Fuck Don't off. do it, Pete. Fuck, Fuck you. Ah, 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 ah. Look at Juno just woke up. She's like, oh, no. Juno. You know? She's like, what are you doing? Stop. I'm sleeping. Um, yeah. So there's a bunch of those. Everybody knows go to standard print. We did the one cool design with the crown that I kind of came up with in my head. I must have saw when I was on like a mushroom trip, but it came up and Caesar put it from my head to the page. And there it is. And it's super cool. Might be one of our last. We're going to do one more. Maybe um, one more for lucky, but don't waste your get these goddamn T-shirts, people. They're going to be gone. They might be gone. They're not gone yet. Uh, no, I'm come trying, on. I'm trying to keep him going till Friday. So that That'd would be amazing. Be, yeah. That's what I'm trying. And I said all this week, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the Reaper crew had them for like four days by themselves, yeah. the Reaper yeah. crew level. And now it's everyone. Good. And then you and I, I'll be seeing you in, I'll be seeing everybody in a week. Are we talking Niagara? Yeah. So all you guys know this, I'm sure. Uh, and if you don't, you're going to find out about it. But this is going to be the biggest reunion, SOA reunion in Canada, in Canadian history. Theo Rossi, just added Theo Rossi. We can't yeah. afford him, but he's coming. I'm coming. Theo Rossi's coming. Kim Coates is going to be there. Ron freaking Perlman is going to be there. Ryan freaking Hurst. Oh, yeah. Mark Boone Jr. Ooh, Bobby and, then a, and then for a little spice on that big cake. Kenny Rhinoceros Johnson. Holy shit, Kenny Johnson's going to be Fuck there. yeah, he's coming too. Wow, the rhino's going to be in the, the Rhino's getting sent by boat up the west coast and train all the way across the prairies to Ontario. Yep. That's going to be a fun dinner Saturday night. I don't usually leave the hotel. No, you're coming. After, no, I'm you're coming. I'll be there. And, oh and it's my birthday night. It's going to be your birthday. It's what? a party. It's a potty. It's a potty. And I love, I. it's a potty, P-O-T-T-Y. And I love the fact that we're all going to be together. It's going to be crazy. I haven't seen those guys in. No, you've seen Ron a lot. I see Ron every week. I haven't seen Booney in a, in a Hollywood minute. You saw KJ? Ryan not too long ago. I, I saw Skinny Rye a while, uh, not too long Skinny Rye not too long ago. KJ been a minute. KJ, no, it's been a Hollywood minute with KJ. 
And you and I, when was the last time we saw each other? Uh, we see each other whenever we can, all the time. Yeah, but when we saw each other recently. Uh, I saw you in L.A. Yep. Not too long ago. Not too long ago, but fuck me. It's going to be your birthday weekend. We're all going to hang out. It's SOA. It's going to be nuts. Niagara Falls, Canadian side, is going to go bazooka bananas. Get your tickets, people. Come and see us. Get those photos. It's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime I know. With all of us together, that group photo is going to be awesome. Oh, there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. And then and then in uh, July is that one with me, Charlie, Opie. Chicago, I think, right? Chicago. Yeah, I'm not going to do Denver. So, I, I so wish I could do Chicago. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Denver's the week before, but it's 4th of July weekend, so I don't think I'm going to do that. Can't do that one. Gotcha. No. But I will do Chicago, most likely, be big. unless something comes up. Uh, filming wise on the weekend, but and then I think Ron is there Sunday, Charlie's there Saturday. It's just like one something like that, yeah, something like that. Who cares? That's it's irrelevant. Okay. Let's focus on Niagara. Um, I have not been to Canada for a con since you and I were in Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah, when we got beautifully sexually like attacked by that female and male cop. It's all for fun, of course. But they threw us up against the wall and handcuffed oh, yeah. us and took photos. We were going, okay, these Canadian guys and Canadian gals. You think this is pretty funny, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we took we that time by storm. That was, I didn't even remember that till just now. I just remember the Gretzky statue. I remember being really cold. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Gosh, when? Theo, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14. Right. Like maybe while the right show in was there. going on. Right in there. We don't look a day over it. Was it Yonke you brought us in or was it somebody else? It was the Yonk. The Yonk, Montreal, Quebec's own John Yonke brought us in. What happened to your light? You got all bright there. Yeah, did you see that? What happened? Oh, there you go. No, you're still bright. It's weird. What happened? I don't know. I'm perfect. (laughs) I'm not. You know what? It just got sunny here. Do you want to go close a blind or anything? I probably should, right? No. There you go. No, you're back. back to normal. Who knows? <laughs> who cares? Um, who cares? Everybody. And listen, you remember? No, but this is why people are on Patreon. They get to see your pretty face. Yeah. But remember when Emilio did his? Rugged Emilio, mug. Emilio had the camera up his nose and his head looked like it was four feet high. <laughs> bro, 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 bro. Hey, bro, bro, bro. I'm blessed. Um, <laughs> listen, Fucking here's the man. deal. This is going to be these. La- this is going to be good because. Uh, we're in the summer. It's a wild time out in the world, but I think we're we're maintaining inside our our little Reaper Crew bubble here. Um, you and I are in the uh, in the fourth quarter of this game. Boy, are we ever! In fact, and there's only like eight minutes left of the quarter. I mean, there really is. This is crunch time. This is show eight of thirteen. We only have five to go after today. Do you remember back? And then it's over. You remember we do episodes out of order and like we didn't know what we were doing. I'm still having anxiety. I can't wait to recap this whole experience. (laughs) Oh, no. We're going to do an entire show after it's over to discuss the entire experience. Because Jesus, Theo. Hey, Theo, I got my little dentures for my two teeth down here. Look, check it out. So are those good now? You're not going to have another problem? Oh, no, no, no. 
I have to wait two, two and a half months before I get an implant. And that takes, you know, I've got to make sure everything's healed and all that. So I've got these little denture bridge job. Do you so put them in listen. and out? In and out. Wow. You know, whenever you brush I'm them? a banana, I might take it out. Wow. No, no, they can stay in the whole day, but they got to come out at nighttime, clean it. But it's good. I'm good. Can you I'm eat popcorn the and like walnuts? No, I'm done with that shit, bro. It's over. Oh, yeah. Apples? No. Wow. Nothing hard. You're like Pineapple, oranges, blueberries. Up the wing-wing. Up the wing-wing. Yeah, but no, apples right now, not, not so much. You're like a couple of days away from having a straw diet for the rest of your life. <laughs> You're going to be like 130 pounds soon. You're going to be, what's going on? You're going to be like behind the scenes. Eight pounds when I had that tooth issue. Eight pounds, bro. That's a lot for a big strapping guy like Tig Trager. That's my only vice. I eat popcorn at night. It's my one vice. Three probably nights a week, <laughs> two or three nights a week, I have popcorn. I'll so probably I need... more than that, actually. Homie. No, two to three, two to three between With jobs. the boys. Come on, they're throwing kernels at dad. Dad, no, this is when they go to sleep. Arlo's on a sleep regression because he naps at the school. So Arlo's up till about midnight every night at this point. So I'm half asleep. He's going to start smoking cigarettes. Soon. Oh, my God. He's up all night. And he just comes down and be like, I had a bad dream, but he's kind of <laughs> laughing. He didn't. He's just laughing. <laughs> I go, how could you have a bad dream if you haven't gone to sleep yet? And he's like, uh, <laughs> thinking away, get the head going. Yeah. Uh, but it's, oh, he's trying to tell me why he should be downstairs. But yeah, so <laughs> point is popcorn, which I enjoy. I definitely almost crack my teeth at least once out of those three nights. Oh, yeah. You get chompers on you too. Nice big, white, tall chompers. You go, you go easy on those kernels, son. I'm telling yeah. you, you do not want a Kim Coates experience at 64 years of age. No, I wear the mouth guard at night. I take care of my... Uh, Good. I do what Good. I have to do. So this is kind of a big one, and it's an important one for a lot of reasons. Oh, which give me I will one. Bring I'm dying up. for what one fucking reason this show is even written. Go ahead. Give me one. Charles Murray, director. I, again. Charles Murray. No, Finally. No. He's Murray finally no no he, this is the second one is it not nope first one ever <gasps> oh well, thank fucking god mm-hmm. I thought he'd already done one no never. fuck god did we love him oh my god okay he never directed one and Charles is unique because he started as an incredible writer which we had him on this show and we know and he you know started with George Lucas and Attack the Clones and uh, a bunch of other shows and all this and then he always wanted to direct. And no one would let him direct, right? And then he directed his own movie, wrote, directed, produced his first movie called Things Never Said, did really, really well. Again, nobody would Good let him direct. you for knowing all that shit. I know you guys are attached at the hip. Yeah, nobody would let him direct. They finally let him direct this. And, and one thing I do, you know, want to ask him is, you know, Sons, like a lot of shows, when you have a showrunner who's writes every word and Kurt Sutter in this case. Yeah. Kurt Sutter in this case, the directors don't have a lot to say, meaning in the way it goes, Peter Weller was kind of one of the first that came in and shook it up where you went, Oh, that's not a son's episode. Well, you, that's were a little, so, you were so right. That's a little different, right? You go, that's Kurt, different. Kurt, Kurt had his incredible team of five or six directors from the very first season, used them all the time. Stephen K, Guy, Guy Furlan, Willie, you know, and Gwyneth, we can go on Gwyneth. and on five yep. or six. 
This is Charles's first. Well, thank fucking God, because he did a great fucking job. Yeah, what? and it looked and it looks beautiful. Again, do I have issues with this episode? Holy fuck, I do. But it's not with anything that he had control over. No, it's all about. It's the train that we're on, coming to the end stop. Yeah. There's some really good acting in this episode. Really, There's some really good acting. There's also some really good acting that took a long time. Well, thank you. And we're going to get into it. There's like five scenes that are 42 minutes long each. Now, you came up with this, or I did, or we did. But this, for me, is a between episode. Like last episode, when we saw Bobby's eyeball in the box, all us guys, horrific. Incredible shot, sad, fuck, leather. So this episode is like, let's all take a breath for a minute. We're going to take a breath for a minute. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. I got my Zevia. I'm ready. So here's here's what's interesting about, I don't watch the before on, so maybe you can. The separation of crows is what the episode is called, people. The separation of crows. Something to do with those dead birds. I think so. Yeah, really sad that those birds had to get hit like that. Um, okay, so no doubt we're starting on the roof, which already had pissed me off. Um, okay, but it's a different but roof. It's on the docks. It's, it's a different me. roof. A different it's roof. A red- beautiful roof. It's a beautiful roof. In fact, I remembered the beginning of this show. My mind went back to season seven, where Tommy and I were fucking up there a lot with Jax. That's where he hung now on top of that roof docks. And if you if you were listening with your beautiful ears, there was this incredible fiddle playing, like amazing. Irish. It was yeah. amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, and you could also hear the sun. You saw the sun, and you yeah. can hear the movement in the background. You can yeah. hear the fiddle. You can hear the ships. You can hear. So the foley all in it was so nice. Yeah, it was so. Very filmatic, really like a film. It was beautiful. Yeah. And there's going to be another one at night. That's even like more beautiful than that when you guys are there. So again, he's there obviously feeling the pressure. We cut the Gemma at the cabin. I don't really care about the storyline, but sure. Okay. Um, Wendy with the kids. Abel's continuing to have a tough time. This episode did a lot of rehashing. If you notice, it's a lot of like, we call it the in-between episodes, but filler. Also- it's filler. It's filler. filler. But yeah. we can also call it like a reminder episode. Like, sure. Hey, so you know, sure. These are important. And it's sure. like, we just want to let you know Abel's having problems. We want to let you know Jax is falling apart. We want to let you know sure. that Gemma is not the worst person on the planet. She helps people. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Juice is at prison, tells him he's ready. He's ready to talk. Here's another thing that I love about the beginning of this. Everything's moving. Gem is moving. You know, it started with Jack's kind of on that roof and then Wendy and the kids are moving. Juice is moving. Everything's moving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bobby with his no eye. Boone's yeah. obviously pissed off <laughs> and he asked to be killed. Just kill me. You know, again, I, I, I got it. Yeah. I got to tell you. It's fascinating how close we all became from that show. And it's fascinating how we never hid our real feelings. I mean, we just fucking didn't. We wore them on our sleeves. And when Booney was told he was going to go, 
violently, wasn't sure how, but you're fucking dead. It was a shocker to him. We're all shocked when anyone leads, you, anyone, right? But Bobby took it really fucking hard because Booney, again, that whole Opie thing of being the Rosencrantz of the Hamlet story. No, he's not because he's dead. Bobby was the true president of the club. Mm. There's no doubt he would have been. He should have been. Um, And so I'm not sure Boone ever really wanted to go. But he's such a fucking good actor and you're going to do what you're told. It's the final season of this show anyway, really. You didn't pay for all 13 shows, whether you die in three or four or eight, whatever. But Booney was not happy because he knew there was no more you, no more you, no more me, no more Charlie, no more Tommy. He was on his own island, own rock, no eye, super uncomfortable. You know what's really interesting? I think I thought about this during the episode. If Boone would have stayed alive, Bobby Elvis, not Boone. Boone is still alive and well. Um, we're going to see him in Niagara. If yeah, Bobby yeah, Elvis was alive, yeah, and, and was like he was in the chip spot, yeah, he would have been a regular on the Mayans. Oh, I, I have no doubt. No doubt. No. No doubt in my mind. Doubt in my mind. He would have been on, he or at least been doing seven of their seven. Whatever he would have had that gavel in his hand. He would have had, it would have been a different kind of SOA club. Yep. He would have got it much more like John Teller wanted it. Not quite as violent, yep. probably. Yep. Very. Oh, that could have been a what if. Yeah, he, he would have, could have been that. a what if. He would have made more appearances on that show and it would have intrinsically kind of linked those two worlds. Couldn't I, have been think, one. I think that if he was president, because one Boone looks exactly the same. Yeah. And I think that the gravitas that his whole thing, it just would have been a different sign. And I think they tried that from what I know about the Mayans early with Chibs and it just didn't like kind of fit. And I think Bobby would have been that one again, just my opinion. Okay. Can I, and can I just throw this in about, you know, Bobby looking the same rumor has it from my, my performance in the Mayans. I look even better than I did. When I did too. Yeah. It's a rumor, but they're saying that you might've used a special lens. <laughs> They're saying yeah. use the lens. Just for men. Just yeah. for men goes a lot. Just for men's way. lens. It goes on the red and the Alexa cameras. Yeah. A lot right. of people are no. saying it's a lot of people are saying it's CGI. Just no, just it's not really me. It's a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a total okay. robot. So answers deep in thought, and then we go back to Jack's as Chibs comes up to the rooftop, and now we go into this monologue. Um the f- one thing I took from this monologue besides the fact that it's another incredibly beautiful shot is they're going through everyone who's been killed. Yeah. And, and then did that, you hear what she, and then did you hear what Chibs says at the end? Well, Chibs literally said, you can't let this pull you off track, Jackie. And I stopped the television and I screamed, what the fuck are you even talking about? That track isn't working. We're all dying. Booney's lost an eye. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. Chips. And again, yeah. that's the writing, man. It's the I did not, writing. I did not agree with any of that writing. I think what Chips should have said is, so listen, things aren't going great. <laughs> so listen, things are not going well. You're not doing too good as president here. <laughs> so listen, we need a holiday. Let's just go to the Redwoods. Let's hit the pause button. Let's Let's all reassess. Let's reassess. (laughs) Use this rooftop time to really think about things. 
I'm going to go downstairs and tell the boys. No, rooftop know. time. That's a very good. Yeah. <laughs> rooftop. Take rooftop time and Go take on, a I, moment. Rooftop time. Come on. Think about this. But they don't fucking say that. No, they okay. don't. He tells them everything's good. And long, long, long scene. And then, of course, can I just say at the end, big bro- yeah. bromance, right? Like, I love you, Philip. Yeah. I love you too, Jackson. Sure, now, sure. I think that's uncalled for. Okay. I'm the just going to say. I'm just going to say that the boys, we know the love that they have. We know the love that we all had for everyone in, on the club. But yeah. to actually go that far and go Philip yeah. and Jackson crossing stop. the line, as far as I'm concerned. Please stop. Yeah. I'm going to tell you at this point, and I'll say it, and, and if Charles was on, I'd say because he has no control over it. I think that the Kool-Aid was out that – people were drinking and they were starting. Yeah. There was a lot of like uh, people were, we were starting to mimic like on the show, what was in real yeah. life. And it was like, and, and it, and it kind of wasn't good because that's, that's not what you're supposed to do. Whatever's happening off yeah. camera should not be brought into. And it was, it was being brought in. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe I'm being vague for a reason. No, no, no. Good. It makes total sense. Yeah. Okay. So Jack's with the crew, Tyler. Uh, he tells Cruz Mark's Marx's plan. Now, can I say something that seems obvious? Marx just caught Bobby, clipped his eye out. He's got this hit squad of mercenaries who are all spec ops. Yeah. They don't think Tyler's doing anything wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know. They all auditioned for Black Hawk Down and none of them got on uh, as well. So, you know, I have no yeah. fucking idea. All I do know is that Tyler's in a pickle. Uh, Jack, you know, they don't. Marks doesn't know he's a double agent. He, he sees everything coming 100 yards away. He doesn't know Tyler's a double agent. Ought to fucking know. Right? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're, we're, it, it, we're the suspense of, of, of that not happening. Come on. He's a double agent. I think Marx knows about it. There's not I, someone watching him and going, man, he goes to the fucking clubhouse a lot by himself. Like, Ryan man, he always, what's he doing? Buying some pot? What's he doing? Yeah. Hey, plant a bug in his car. Let's <laughs> hear what he says. Hey, you know what? Let's just find out. Hey, let's someone ask him. Let's see his reaction. Do his eyes flicker? Does it, <laughs> no, no, no one. No. Come on. <laughs> Fuck off. So then we're getting Coletti. That's Jeff. They say we're going to go get Coletti. Yeah, Tig comes to Jax. Uh, we need to find out who's ratted us out to Lynn. Uh, Jax finally says, okay. So, okay. So, look, again, that storyline's been going on now about the whole Lynn thing and the whole Lynn thing and the whole Mark thing and the whole Mark thing. I guess the, the explosive part is Bobby's been kidnapped and he's going to lose a body part per day if Jax but, doesn't. But, but we got to find out who turned us into Lynn. Yeah. Why? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> and I could care less. All I know is that you've got something going on with Lynn in prison. I refound that out when I watched the end of this episode. I have no idea. And I could give a fuck rat's ass about it. But okay. I could give a, fuck, a rat's fuck ass too. Yeah, that too. So, so Wendy and Unser um, are chilling. And all of a sudden, they let them know that Abel is in trouble. Can I, can I ask something here? Sure. And it goes, it's a sort of a, a through line through the whole episode, but Unser kind of knows everything. He knows everything. Like Theo, Unser, yeah. 
He's never been better. Never. Dayton is so calm in his pajamas. So calm having his lunch because he's been given the bone of, I know everything. I feel something's off with Juice and Gemma. I don't know what it is yet, but something, and he knows all about why Jax had you shoot the cop's tires. He's not saying much yet. We'll get into it. But Unser knows everything. I fucking love that, man. I got to tell you something about Dayton. If you ever, if a young actor or someone, any actor, fuck being young, anybody, when I mean young, I mean maybe in your time in front of a camera, is he controls his space so well in this episode, meaning that he's not waiting. He's he's just taking his time. Like there's like a point that, coming like, up where he sits great there observation. and she goes, are you coming? And he goes, oh, yeah. Like he's very in control of no matter who's in the scene, he's in control. And it's really something to watch. Like, no, but you kids understand what Theo just said. He's not in control of Unser being in control of the scene. He's in control of his emotions as Unser, no matter where he's at. Yeah. That motherfucker does nothing and he does everything without acting. He just is so comfortable. That's that Brando stuff, man. It's fucking amazing, Theo. Yeah, it's what I've always loved about Brando and actors like Montgomery Cliff and many others that they're like, you think they're not doing anything. And then you watch it and they're like really doing everything like they're just. So sometimes as actors, I know I'm super guilty of it that I do so much sometimes. And then I and then you watch and you go, that was too much. And sometimes you're just scared to do nothing. Right. Super. uh really talented actor I worked with once has millions of awards. I remember when I was working with him the first time, I was like, this is so weird. He's not doing anything. And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, that was a fucking brilliant performance because I didn't see any of it. I was just having a conversation. I was just having a conversation. And I think that some roles are not showy, but that like you just said, they show you everything Unser. If you're in that scene, and I've been in a bunch with him, you don't really think he's doing much. And then you watch and you go, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Something to watch. I can't say enough about him, and I can't say enough about him playing on, sir. Uh, Dayton Callie, just unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. So, uh, okay, the kill squads with Bobby. Abel's acting out, like you said. Yep. Pick the kid up. Yeah, okay. they got to call Jax. But now we get to the kill squad with Bobby and they have this big military talk. <laughs> it's funny. I said big talk and you said big. You had the military. It's so true. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, hold on. You got to take that. Nope. You sure? So we get into the military talk. No, no, no. I'm going to show you something. Sure. Okay. So they're in this military talk and it's all about like, you're I'm a soldier and you're going to do this. And he's like, Oh, don't fucking, uh, whatever. Right. It's all this kind of shit of like, you don't call yourself a soldier and Bobby's having fun with it. Right. Hold on. What is this? Tell me, go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to do something. You tell me about that talk. Good. I'm going to tell you about that talk. And so this, this, I think there's something as a human being, when you know, that the club is not going to rat on your behalf when you know that the club 
obviously cares about Bobby Alves, but the club is the club. When you know that you're going to die, I mean, I think Bobby really, truly thinks he's going to die in that chair and he doesn't give a fuck. You can take out the next eye, my tongue, my like that. That's that's just the way it's going to go down. So when you have that freedom of you're not begging, you're not pleased or you're pleading or I wish I could tell you, man, there's a freedom, man. And Bobby had it in that scene. Moses was great in that scene. He was great, too. They were both great with one another. All right. Hold on. Ready? Watch this. We're going to go right to the source. We've never done it. Ready? Ready. Watch this. Just watch. No. Yeah. We're going Are to you the source. fucking going joking? To the source. If we're going to tear it apart, we're going to the source. This is my surprise. Oh, there my God. We're bringing in the director, Charles no, Murray. No. Charles Murray himself. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. Surprise! <laughs> Come on, handsome, give it I, up. This is your show. We're talking about your show that you uh, directed in season seven. Couldn't have done it without you. Do you remember any of it, Mister Murr? Uh, yes. <laughs> do, do you? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it was. I I remember um, that Kurt had put out a what the fuck like a couple of days before the room started and he he was talking about how he was going to bring in uh new directors and and you know the change that they were thinking about uh the changes he was thinking about for the show and i and i remember sitting there watching it going that's pretty good because i could think of all of the people who had been on the crew who were in line, I thought, to direct. Right. You know, who were some of them? Um, like AD and um, what was his name? Derek? I think it's Derek, yeah. Yeah, Derek. Exactly right. Yeah. Derek was in line. Derek Craig Yahada had one. He wanted another. Right. I mean, we, we had our, our, our DP wanted Paul another. Paul had two. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, okay, I'm, you know, I wonder who is going to be that person. And then uh, we started. And as I was getting off the elevator, uh, Paris said, have you talked to Kurt yet? And I went, no. And I was like, damn, it's the first day. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, we got we, we to gotta scrap already? What the fuck? And, and, and the room started. And then Kurt came in and said to me and Mike Daniels. Yeah. Um, he was like, Hey, I need to talk to you guys. You know, we go in Kurt's office and he tells Mike, you know, like, you know, the room's going to be yours for the season, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes, and you're directing, I haven't figured out which episode. And I was like, wait, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and I went, Oh, so good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> And he said, yeah, I haven't figured out which one it is. And, you know, and then Paris did the usual, you know, whatever it is, don't fuck it up thing. <laughs> and then, our, you know, later on, it was like, oh, it's going to be episode eight. And, you know, as we were in the room, we were breaking toward it. So I didn't know really what it was going to be. And then, um, you know, as, as, as you both know, I was on the set all the time any damn way. Um, oh no, you were our go-to guy. Yeah, yeah. you got guy. there, and that's what Sutter wanted you to be for all of us to be our go-to guy that we could go to you 
and make sure that we tried to understand what we weren't reading yet or what episodes. Some people didn't like it. Huh? Some people didn't like that he was the go-to guy, but listen, that's irrelevant. Listen, some people didn't like it because I didn't plan it. I didn't, you know, I thought I was in service of the show. Yeah. But uh, you know, like as, as the, the two, you know, as, as the time up until me directing uh, happened, I didn't think that we were all going to, I didn't think you guys were going to invite me in and, and be as open to me being the, you know, the, the guy who reports back as much as you did. So it became completely different, I think, than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. Did you, I, I just have a question because you're directing this. This is a, obviously an incredibly important episode. It's right before the ending of the show. Did did you let them know you wanted to direct or, and did Kurt ever see things never said? Did like, how does he just say you're directing without knowing? I, I, I want to say um, with as little, with as little as I know about it, I want to say that a lot of that goes to Charlie Mm -hmm. because Charlie came out to see things and, and, And had, you know, and and we had been talking, you know, how we all talked, you know, when we were breaking down scenes and, and, uh, you know, trying to get to the root of what the scene was or, you know, what you guys thought, like, wait, are we going in this way or this this direction? And I feel like in in, in a particular order, (laughs) Charlie and then... Theo and then Tommy and then you, Kim, it all just became like, so what, what's going on? Where are we going? What's that? Yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and I would go meet me at the craft table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, you did, you know? And so after Charlie came to see the movie, that was at the, I think that was toward the end of season six. Right. I'm assuming that he had a conversation with Kurt because he was the only one who had seen me, quote unquote, in action. Other than you, Theo, you had seen it. Yeah, I had seen things never said early. So right now we're in the middle of we you know how we do this. You you you've yep. listened to a few shows. So we're in the middle of the scene where Moses sits down with Bobby. Right. And they have this military talk. So. You know how I do it, right? If, if I don't, if I don't like something, I'm going to get into it. But yeah. how much of your writing is any of this your writing, or is it the group's writing, or is it like it's, how I much did, you control? It was just me directing. Oh, so it's none of you. This isn't your episode at all. No, I didn't see Charles. I didn't see your name at the beginning at all of the writers part. Yeah. Right. So isn't that hard? That as a writer, maybe you're like, oh, maybe like this should be said. Like you don't. You don't even do that. That is not the no, it, because it was. You know, you, you know this story better, better than anybody. But it, it I had always had in my mind that I was going to be a writer director, right? Right, and and like since ten because of Preston Sturgis. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like just writing for all those years kind of made me a better director, and it and it would be good for me to just direct sometimes yeah man and 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 try to interpret someone else's thoughts 
Because sometimes I think a lot of these, I think a lot of direct writer directors, they can't step away from what they've written. They can't they can't step outside of themselves and Correct. say, okay, I see what you writer were going for, but this is what's alive on set right now. Yeah. Uh, so I was happy to just be director. You know? Well, good, because then we don't have to hold you accountable for that shit line in the beginning where he says, I love you, Philip, and I love you, Jackson. And they say their full lines at the end when they're on the roof because it was a little on early. the nose, a little on the nose, on the nose. There was yeah. no need to fill up in a Jackson. I, you know, what's the, your opinion? The Well, I'll say this much, you know, I, having written enough lines that I've gone back and said, <laughs> I, what the fuck was that line about? Uh, you know, all of this shit is done on momentum. Right. It's not it's not potted out where, you know, nowadays with with what we've gone through, feel with like Cage and True Story. Yeah. Now there's the writing time and there's the directing time. Right. The, the filmmaking time, I should say. And and you get to. Take a look at those things a little bit more with that separation. And you get to say, oh, you know what? I don't need this, right? This had no this, separation. This yeah, is writing to direct. You're, you're right on you're on top of it and everything's in motion. You know, there's I forget what the quote is, but there's there's a there's, I think it was Oscar Wilde. I could be wrong. He says, forgive me uh for this letter. If I had more time, it would have been shorter. Yeah, listen to that, right? Fucking great line. Well, no, and that's a, and that's a great segue, Charles, to what we're talking about in this episode. Think about this. There's five shows left of 92. We all know it. So Sutter and all you guys in the room, and you were very close to the, they're throwing shit up and they're using it, using that, they're using that. I mean, there's no more apologies for anything, whether it's overwritten, underwritten, this is the way it is. And we're trying to get to the end. And this episode, bro, and you directed it, there's about five or six long ass scenes. Long. with, With really good acting. Fillers, they're almost fillers before all the whatever you want to call explosions or another body part or something crazy is going to happen. But man, oh, man, we are on a train that is now pulling into the station five shows from now and it ain't never leaving anymore. That we're, right. We're- right. And and that was the that was the the year of the super episodes. It was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Twenty minutes, and I think that script. I want to say that that script was only forty-two pages. Yours, yeah, yeah. It's funny you should say that, bro, because this one, you know, when Theo and I start these, sometimes Charles are like an hour five or hour (laughs) ten or fifteen. This one was like fifty-five, fifty-six minutes. It was like on the yeah, but it had long scenes in that short period. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so in the to before I get into and we'll pick up right where we were. One of the things that I think, and I'm going to really say, especially in that Batman shot at the end on that roof, that roof was unbelievable for Jackson them with the sound and the foley on that where wherever they are, it's very different from the TM roof, right? right? It's just 
We're on the docks down there, man. We're at the docks. That background shoot was amazing, Charles. You were there. You filmed it all. It's like film. It was like more film. That's the most film I've seen the show look. Yeah. um, That location. When we shot the first scene, um, and and (laughs) this is the best part. I I I'm um I have a fear of heights. Yeah, right. that's right. You did. <laughs> oh, so it was like, yeah, get your ass. You up were there. good up there at all. Like, oh wow. Okay, so <laughs> it, it was. I felt like one thing that I is the the fact that you call it the Batman shot. The yeah. one thing that I felt about season seven was that you guys were like the Justice League, and so. What I loved about the show was whenever we could get vistas, whenever we could go, the rest of the world is out there not knowing that these guys are doing this. Yeah. You know, and so that first shot was tied to the last shot because the first shot alone, the last shot together. Oh, I love that. I love them both. It's the first thing I wrote is how beautiful it is. And then to see the night one and then to see them join. And it reminded me of the season three pullback when uh, when Abel gets taken, where it was like to see all our guys on that roof with the with the lights in the back. Very like, you know, that just the. um, like those out of focus lights with the really wide lenses is so amazing. Now to counter that, obviously we're in this really dark prison, you know, room with Bobby and, you know, we, we, we're very honest with this. Boone was not happy at this moment in his, in his experience, which I was just about to say to Kim before you came in, which is really odd to me because there really is only a few shows left. So it's like, if you're not going to make it to the end, what does it matter? Right. You're Kim, am I wrong? Like, what does it matter if, if you're going now? No. And and what, what no, and I want to ask Charles this because he directed Bobby. I mean, what was that like, bro? Because he was fine with me. So, we were all fine with you, bro, because you were our brother. Yeah, we, we were all fine with you because we were all part we, of the we crew. Honest but... with you, but we all knew that Booney did not like the way it was going to go down for him. He did not like not being with us anymore. There's no more Tig or Jax or no, no. He's by himself now, and he knows that's the way it's going to end. And I think there just was a realization of Boone, the actor, of this is really over now. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was going to lean into that because uh, <clears throat> I I, it, I was watching the farewell behind the scenes for Ozark last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. And they were literally going through the characters that were getting killed off. They were, you know, they were like, and then we realized we had to kill off this guy. We realized we had to kill her off. And 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 then they interviewed the actors and they were like, wow, oh, wow. it was such a, it was such a phenomenal experience. And then you realize you got to go. <laughs> and and I and I, you know, and I think that um, I, I want to say and even with you, Theo, being separated, it was like that changed your own personal schedule. 100 percent changed you know, everything for me. Because you guys went from being like 100% every time one walked into a room, many walked into a room to 
wait, I'm here alone. I'm all of the people that I can kind of bounce off of between camera position, repositioning and all of the other kind of stuff. It's gone. Yeah. Right. And the people that I'm acting with, the, the scenes that I'm playing with them is basically I'm the outsider when I haven't been for the entire show. I think it took an emotional toll on Yeah, The positive and negative, the positive was that you were technically the lead of the movie when you were in it, right? You're the lead. So the shot is you when you're in the prison scene or Bobby's the lead in this movie we're watching with him and Moses and them. But at the same time in those between setups, you're alone. You're alone. Some of the greatest parts were me, Kim, you know, DL, Tommy were all around fucking around with each other, with each other. Maggie would be there. Everybody would be there. And now nobody would go back to the trailer, but that's gone. So you you would just go back to your trailer alone and be like, no one's there. No one's in makeup. You're usually at the end of the day because the guys all did their stuff early. And you're like, oh, it's cool that it's my movie but I'm alone. I don't have any friends here. Right. And that was really strange. But at the same time, I look at the positive of it. It's probably the most I've ever got to hang out with the crew. It's probably the most I got to like really be with everyone else because in the beginning we would all just be with each other. So I think for Bobby, this was at the end. I had been used to this since season four. And I think for him, he was so entrenched with everyone that when he got ripped from everyone, it was like, wait a second, I almost made it to the finish line. Yeah. Right. But you got to also think that like, when you, when you think of the, uh, those that were patched in who died, it was few and far between. And, and it was, it, and it was kind of like the way clay went out, Piney, the way Piney went out, the way uh, uh, Brian, right? Um, you know, when we were shooting that, when we were shooting the night that Clay got taken out, uh, you know, Ron was was kind of like, you know, are they paying attention to this? Are they paying attention to that? Or you know, they're going to miss this? And you know, it's I think it's just the anxiety. You know that whole belief, that scientific belief that you can instill enough fear in your own body to think that you're under attack, mm-hmm. even though you're not because of the way your brain works. I think that what happens when that comes, you know, there was there was no there was no celebration of the character leading to it the character's demise. It was like it's another day at the office. Correct. But it's not another day at the office. It changes everything emotionally because rarely outside of Charlie, were you guys ever apart from at least one? It was, you know, if if Kim went one way, who was coming with him? If Tommy went one way, who was coming with him? So there was rarely a time when you were even alone as a group to suddenly be like, yo, you're not just over here. You're on different days. You're on different schedules. You're walking out as they're coming in, you know, and it's like, I love you, but I got to go and tend to my lines and all of this other kind of stuff. It, 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 it mentally changes everything. Yeah. And then on top of it, boom was in like makeup for two hours for his eye and all that. And you're dealing with all that stuff that comes with it. It's super hot. You're, you know, you know, you're at the end and it was just, 
Season seven is such a weird scene for me. And once we get back into this, I do want to tell you something. I looked at Rotten Tomatoes today because I was looking up another show. Um, Stranger Things season four just premiered and I haven't been a big fan in the last two seasons. So I was looking at what it was rated. So I was like, curious. I was like, oh, man, I wonder what Sons is rated by season. Do you know season four is the only season that's at 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, wow. Yep. Season two is the second highest rated season at like 96 or something. Wow. Wow. Yep. Then it's season three. Then it's season one. Wow. So the top four, one, two, three, four. Yeah. So it's four, two, three, one. And then it's like seven, six, and five. Five's the lowest. Is that the Irish season? No, three. Irish Irish season is three. Oh, yeah, but you know, everybody always talks about like ah, an Irish season. And I'm like, that season was pretty solid. <laughs> well, just... Kim and I, Kim and I now have a whole new thought about that. The, besides the finale being the best finale ever. Kim, you had some great stuff in that. That's the Kenny Johnson. When season. Sutter said to me, Charles, he calls me before the season started, before we started getting scripts. He goes, okay, so Coatsy, I'm telling you right now, Tig is not going to Ireland. And I fucking freaked out on the phone. And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? Thinking you guys are really going to go to Ireland. <laughs> and Kirk goes, hold on to your pants, buddy. We're not going to Ireland. We're in the back lot at the Fox lot. Tig's just not going with it. Oh, okay. I'm good with that. So Theo and Ryan and Bobby went all with the boys to Ireland and didn't have a lot of lines. It was Chax and the baby and all that. And I got to be with Kozig and Tara and Unser. Gemma. You had all the Gemma stuff. Yeah. You had yeah, such but, great stuff. But think about what he just said in that transition that he had an emotional moment because you think that is this about me? Is this about my character? Is yeah. this about, you know, if I, I can, huh? and without without saying say, I'm saying this with all love, Kim. <laughs> do you know where I'm going? I'm ready now. Okay. <laughs> my first day on Suns was calming him down. Me? Oh, yes. I can imagine. Oh, was it? How'd you do? How'd that the, work out for you? It was great. <laughs> but if you, I don't know how well you remember it, but this goes to what we're saying. Kelly put a patch on everybody's cut, but yours. Oh yeah. Yeah. And was you it the OP like, patch? Huh? It was the OP patch? It was the yeah. OP patch. Oh, that was a big fucking deal. Six. And 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 we were sitting in Video Village and I heard boots. <laughs> <laughs> and he came up to Paris and went, What the fuck is this? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. And and everybody was like, and I said, All right, let me go deal with this. That was day one. And thank you, Charles. And you and I talked about it, but it was literally going over what the previous season had been and what you and and Ron were doing and how Opie was on the other side of it. Jax was in the middle and and just, you know, right. But it but we got to yes, and we got to the point that you understood why your character wouldn't get the patch. I did. And you you said, I just wanted to be told. Yeah. And so we brought you and Kelly together and you had a conversation and we moved on. But 
that's an example of how close knit, even if it was fraught with chaos. Yeah. That you guys were. Yeah. We and also so, weren't given any info ever. So everything was a surprise. And so that, <laughs> everything that's was why we were all jumping on you all the time, Charles. We not only did we love you, but you had all the info. Yeah. I, but that I was the back, thing. Then Theo would piggyback. Then Tommy would piggyback. We knew Charlie had his own piggyback stuff going on because that kid had so much given him the last two seasons. I mean, he was on his own fucking trying to figure shit out. But right. man, we weren't told a lot, Charles. No way. So, and, that, and that became the thing. It's like, okay, if I have information that I can openly share, share it. And that will co- that will cause a cohesion as opposed to a fracturing. And so I think- Good point. Good boom, point. If you think about Boone in the hierarchy, outside of the show, he kind of felt like he was mentoring a lot of folk, or he 100%. was like, right? He was mentoring two people a lot. We'll just yes. leave it. <laughs> yeah, he we'll was. Oh. And he felt like by taking that away, like what was going to happen? That's there you go. It's yeah. a good point. All right, so here we go. So now after we get past that military talk, Bobby's not happy. He does that big laugh after he leaves. We go to meet Coletti. Uh, Jeff, yeah. if everybody knows, Jeff's a terrific artist who plays Coletti. Terrific yeah. artist. Uh, good dude. He basically gives all that information short of saying that it's Jury's son. He basically just gives the information. A lot of good intel, and then we get on our bikes and we start to ride, which I correct. Now, here we go. We cut to Gemma in rehab mode. And this was another big problem that I bring up all the time on the Reaper reviews. And I bring it up all the time. in My thought process of watching the show is, again, we're making Gemma look like a good person. Oh, so Charles, old- what do you think about that? I mean, do you, I mean, obviously, we know that Gemma's responsible for fucking most of all the bad shit that went down. Do you think that 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 Sutter consciously made an effort to try and give her like a, a humanize her? Uh, yeah. Do you think that? Well, I, yeah, but I think I think that with the show itself. Good point. You know, it's it's like when I first watched the show, when way before I was even considered for it, I literally went like, "Are these fuckers like neo Nazis or what?" Because there was just shit that you guys did. Where it was like, we don't give a fuck about anybody who does not have this on their shoulders, right? And the thing that people kept telling me about the show was, but there's a brotherhood that's there that you don't see on a lot of other shows. There was the the relationship between you guys has rarely been seen before and rarely seen since, Mm. right? But if you just go, let me take away all of the color of the show and the interaction and the hugs and, and the, and the brother talk. These dudes are horrible people. <laughs> horrible people. Theo and I always say there's always someone worse than us. There was always a faction of society that was worse than sons. Not yeah. that we did good shit all the time because we were bad as fucking to the bone, but there was always the KKK. Or there yeah. was always something else worse yeah. than us somehow. The yes. clown that we chopped the nuts off. I mean, all kinds of stuff that was worse than us so people could yeah. at least like us. But yeah. at this point in the story, Charles, where Katie is, holy fuck. 
Yeah. It is so bad. But again, they're doing these little things where she goes and she's getting this woman off heroin and she's kind of doing her thing. And, you know, Nero, we always again, I just said this in the last episode. Nero's such a good guy. But yet Nero kills a lot of people. Right. right? He's a good guy, but he kills people. I I think the one thing that that Kurt kept aiming at and and you got to kind of, you know, the writer's never far away from the subject is you know, who among, among us see ourselves as bad people. Yeah, there you go. And so I think he kept leaning into that. And, you know, we started to, you know, that some of the times it was leaning into Shakespearean tragedy. And Shakespearean tragedy is always about this far away from melodrama. No doubt about it. And so with her... Very careful, yeah. Yeah, right. You you got to walk that line, and I think with her, bro, that is so true. With with yeah, uh, with with Gemma, I just felt like she was in a descent. But you got to remember, it starts off with I killed. I I was in cahoots with getting my husband off. Mm -hmm. So there was no redeeming quality from start. Other than you got to see how you guys inhabited those roles and how you found a joy of being with each other. And if this is the shit, look, we're not college scholars. (laughs) This is the shit we do. You know, and And I felt and I felt with her, it just like it felt like because we always know she's the true enemy. Like at the end of the show, she is the the ultimate, you know, antagonist. Right. And it's like, but, but there is also these moments. So then we roll up with a place where Coletti said, right. And this is where, this is one of my favorite things happens in the scene, by the way. So there's all this machine gun fire. It's all machine gun fire. It's all coming out. They come out to talk. Don Swayze's in the house, by the way, just so everybody's very clear. This is Patrick Swayze's fucking brother. Brother. Don Swayze. Big arms. You know, wife beater. I hate that term, but anyway. I know. They call it an A-tank nowadays. That's the the term we're allowed to use. So A-tank, Don Swayze comes out. The kid rolls up. But Tig has a moment here that I think is really interesting. Because he goes to hit the kid. And you fire and say, hit him again. So that's obviously from past stuff with Tick. Sure. Do we reference that in the show? No, it's just literally about watching this dad or boyfriend smack a kid. Just smack a kid. And I loved how, and where you put the camera was so perfect, Charles, where I shot just by his head. And my line was, go ahead, hit him again. Because I'm going to blow your brains out. And then I don't know how you got that look out of Charlie, Charles, but he looks at me with this like, okay, <laughs> like, okay. And I go, okay. All right. <laughs> look, all I remember about that day is, do you remember you were so, we had, we got to go, got to get it in, got it in. And you were so good with the camera. You made sure that we got all that side, all that side. Then we turned the cameras around, got all this side, all this side. And we got it in. Do you remember that day at all, Charles? Uh, I remember that. (laughs) This is what I remember about that day. That we had talked. We had come out for the shoot, um, the the tech scout. And we were walking through it. I'm like, okay, they're going to come from here. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then on the day, I want to say Paul and Gary was the AD for that one. I think it was. Uh, they I've been were Hondale, like, but but Paul Maybaum for sure. Yeah, go ahead. Were, but they were like, yeah, it'd be better if the bikes come from this way. Oh, did they? Okay. And you're like, fuck. They had a they, that was a conversation they had as I was walking up, and they went, hey, um, so it would be better if they come this way because I I wanted them to come to crest the dirt. So it looked more like a motorbike thing. Like it sure. looked more like uh road warrior. Sure. And, and the concern was if the bikes give or something like that. And they do on loose rock. Yeah. Where this and where the sun was, you mm-hmm. know, because when you come out and tech scout, you're never doing it at the time. No, never. Right. So I had to stand there and go, all right, let me rethink all of this. All of that. In the and, moment. And it's 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 one of those moments where you have to kind of say to yourself, if you panic, even on the other side of panicking, you're still going to have to get this done. Yeah, man. So why panic? Right. <laughs> and I rem- and and I remember the one thing that was most important was having the shootout from the perspective of like Call of Duty. Sure. And I was like, as long as it doesn't change that, I can switch everybody, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So it was a go, go, go day because there were so many components. But my thing was just if you stay calm through this and you kind of trust these guys, because these guys know that at a certain point, a showrunner has to, showrunner, writer, director has to get to a point where they realize some an actor isn't asking them a bunch of questions because they don't know where the hell they're going. An actor's asking them a bunch of questions because the character's becoming them and they're saying they're having conversations with the characters all the time. You're not. And so I was like, these guys know what they're doing. I got to trust them to be them while I'm getting this stuff that needs to be gotten. Oh gosh, Charles, we've done 1800 of these yeah. shootouts by then this was completely different but we've done this before right we just needed to know where to go for your close-ups we need to know should i be by dl where's charlie gonna look at me for that line and you figured all that shit out and we shot it and, it was and that's and that's why i love that tig line because for me as an audience member who's not there who's watching this like for the first time i go oh tig was hit when he was a kid like that would that's where I go with it. I go, right. that's cool because you just brought something up, which now might be in the genesis of Tig Traeger's right. character right. in a very simple way. And maybe that's not what it's about, but as an audience, that's how right. I you, take you it. You can you can make whatever you want up in your head. Right. And but I also think that you take forward every everything. So like you talk about being a monster, right? You talk about Tig's character. But you also had visual components of seeing how no matter what he was doing with sons, no matter how he was fucking up with his daughters, he did try to be a father. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's that kind of stuff. The reason that I think you didn't like those two lines because they were so on the nose is, again, because of momentum. Sometimes a writer thinks that they need to hit a point or make a statement to reassure the audience that two people aren't going to split or they're not going to come together or whatever. So they say something like, I love you, Philip. I love you, 
Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. When when what you're saying right now is all Tig had to say was that line, and you were able to pull yeah. so much memory forward yeah, because man. of the way he said it. And you you're saying with the line that you don't like, we know this. Yeah, I know they love each other. I right. So like why do we need like... to hear it that way? Is why when it's on the nose, it's not on the nose because there's you know there are tons of on the nose lines in thousands of movies and TV shows, but they only become on the nose when your memory is in effect and it can bring forward the information that's being. Wow. Mm. dispensed and yeah. so that's the, it's funny that in you just yin yang that first thing. two things yeah and and then and then in this same scene when we're back at don swayze's joint rat i first of all i just love fucking nico rat covers really quick in that yeah. moment Boot camp. and yeah he just kind of like improvs and covers for jacks but the one thing i took in that moment when they find out about jury is still Jax takes no blame. He takes no blame for anything. It's like, oh, well, he said something to Lynn. Not I killed this guy for no reason. Not I, I've, everyone else has been killed because of me. It's let's go see jury. Like let's, he's just not taking blame. And yet Chibs basically, they're on the roof and Chibs has laid out everything for him of like, all these people are dead because of you. Ultimately, all the decisions Jax has made since Tara. Again, I could be wrong. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. What you just said about Gemma. Yeah. Like mother, like son? Yeah, of course. Of course. We, but we, but I, think Jack, I think Jax has been the downfall of Sons of Anarchy since he came in power. R- okay. Right. And where did he get it from? Who, His who? mom. <laughs> right and and again we're going to prove and, it even and, we're going to prove it even more we, with the jury scene coming up and it's coming up but we and again we don't have one of the most dynamically exciting television shows without it right so so that's why we're doing this and that's why you and i and that's why charles is so fucking lucky to get his ass on here again because we get <laughs> to hear your brain work that's why we're doing this so we can talk about it and yell about it or love it or cry about it because it was one of the most successful television shows in fucking history. But it's nuts. And Jax went mental and his mom was fucking crazy dark. Abel's feeling it all now. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, so now we go to so now we go to some riding shots, which I love. The one thing I just pointed out quick. Was fun, Charles. Come on. I don't Rat, know. Rat looks petrified on his bike. Rat. <laughs> Rat's oh, no. Rat, Rat was always get back. Don't fall off. Good luck. Come on, Charles. How much fun did we have in those riding scenes? Well, here's the here, here's the great thing. I th- I had fun the whole shoot. Yeah. Um, but that was I think is that's the roadside, right? When they Yeah. I tried to get the hell out of there. <laughs> like yes. I, I sent you guys all in your white van. You said, I'm out. Go ahead. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. And yeah. and the van dude was like. We're not moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until they come back, because they said you were going to try to leave. Right. And I was like, how the, f- I hadn't told anyone. But I was no. like, how the fuck did they figure out that I was going to bounce? Yeah. Yeah. To keep from like getting all overly emotional. 
Yeah. Because you guys carried me. You you made me so well. well. Did we? I don't know if we did or not, but that's a cool thing to say. Uh, no, you. Yeah. No, I, I, it's true. I've seen. I've seen. I've been around when directors have been like not helped. <laughs> and was that was that on the same day as the big shootout that riding scene. No, no, that was. I don't think so. No, that was the same day as jury scene. Okay, so and that's where we're, that's where we're getting to. So before we go there, we go to, go to school, right? Well, Courtney school. Love. Courtney, Courtney Love. Love. What was that like for you, Charles? Um. I love Courtney Love. So do I. Um, She's an icon. She she said some very nice things to me. Sitting in Video Village. And I went, whatever, you're lying. And she was like, this is kind of like the most fun I've had on a set in a long time. Wow. Wow. And and I went, wait, Milos Foreman. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I just started going through all the directors that she had worked with. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. You know, uh, she was awesome. Uh, I, you know, it's sad that she doesn't work more. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we know there's there's a lot. Yeah, to- I remember helping her out in the beginning when she came on. She was super intimidated. It was an intimidating show to come on. And I remember telling her, I was like, you're intimidated about being on this show but you've performed in front of a hundred thousand people and literally been in mosh pits bigger than you've ever seen and you know your husband was Kurt Cobain and you've been in Nirvana stage I said I think I think we'll be okay here but it was I think you'll be okay here but it was you know she just really wanted to get it right because the show was at its peak and she really wanted to get it right so now we go to another riding scene, which, by the way, I wrote here. This is the most I've seen in an episode. We had a lot of riding scenes. A lot of bike scenes. I love the show for that. And you just came, Kim. We've talked about it from Mayans. And, you know, there's not a lot of ton of riding on that show. We did a lot of riding on this show, especially in this episode. Um, so this is an interesting scene because I, I don't really remember. This is when Juice is with Unser and Althea. Um this is interesting because Juice doesn't give a fuck anymore about anything. Mm-hmm. And he's just going, right? Um, it doesn't matter what they say. But we were just saying before you came on, Unser knows everything that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Unser is, Look what I wrote down. It's like Unser's figuring it all out. Mm. He's, he's figuring it all out, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a moment in this scene, and and I don't want to fast forward to the end of it because I think it's a good scene, but Unser stays at the table and kind of is stuck in a moment. And the sheriff, Althea, says, hey, you ready? And he's like, oh, yeah. Was that an Unser choice or is he just really putting it? Because it seems like he's putting everything together. I think it's both. I think it was an Unser choice. You know, um, Which you you know is the beauty of of, of Dayton. It, it was an unsure choice, and you got what he was doing. You know. Well, and Charles, I wrote down. It, it, I could be completely fucking wrong here, but he has such a weird, almost sad, melancholy look in his eyes. Right. I like, think what he was putting together is that at the end of this. The the one family that I've made is going to be wow 
thrown to the, you know, it was like all of the pieces were just leading to destruction. You know, and and Althea's new presence, it was it was kind of like one of those things where I could tell you, and you won't get it until it's shown to you. Like what you're what you're doing is trying to be the good, upstanding citizen in a chaos that cannot be checked. Yeah, and 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 again, I think that where Juice is at now is he's in this mode of like, it's a totally different character. Like, I think this is why some people got so frustrated with juice is like that. The person we knew from the diaper, the person in the beginning is gone. This guy is not long, long, long long gone. And every time you see him, he's like gone in his eyes. There's nothing there that it's just completely empty. And I think Unser is starting to pick up, like why would he even still be alive? Right. And mm-hmm. I think the Gemma name keeps popping in Unser's head. You hear him mention it a few times, but because Gemma, he knows Gemma helped him and he's trying to be like, I think he's starting to get closer to Gemma has something to do with everything that's happening. Yeah. Right. And the more you think about it, the more you fight it off because of the emotions that he had for her. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say about you and that journey over that season um, as Juice was you were you were frustrated and because you were getting so little information. Yeah, none. And and the way you kept putting it into Juice was really super solid. I was so angry about everything. I didn't, I didn't know these guys anymore at all. I never saw them. I had no idea if I was what episode I was going to die in. I didn't know like when, like if they were just going to call me the next day and be like, Oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, oh, okay. Like no one, we had no information and I know none of us did, but I was at the edge of the plank. I was even further down the plank than Bobby. You know what I mean? Bobby's in a bad position. I've been in a bad position for like four, three seasons. So I was like, when, so it's almost like one of those things where you're like, okay, just tell me when it's going to happen. Like the anticipation of it was crushing me. And then as it started getting longer and longer, I almost kind of got like maybe similar to juice where I was just like, there's nothing you could fucking do to me anymore. <laughs> like whatever's right. going to happen is right. going to happen. And that's what I'm saying. The, the, what was, what was, what was awesome from a technical standpoint was watching how you would just put all of that into what you were doing in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Not good for the people in my life outside of the camera, but yes, definitely. Uh, it was oh, oh, super frustrating oh, for everyone. Um, did, you okay. just say, did you just say a line that was on the nose? <laughs> super frustrating um so abel abel's back home with everyone we know that he's having trouble and now Gemma finds the bird dead and the blood a lot of jesus christ it's birds yeah there's more than one there are two birds separation of crows two birds so bad and a lot of Jesus Christ being thrown around. That's our thing. Whenever we step in the doorway and see something bad, Jesus Christ. 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 Right. Nero pops one out. And this is obviously bad, but the first thing that comes when you're watching son is who did it. It could be one of 50 different people. It could be anybody. You don't even know who it is. It could be the Mayans. It could be Marx. 
could be Lynn's crew, could be any, could be a son's, could be could be jury. Could, so they have so many enemies. And now this is when we get back to Unser back at the desk. He's kind of in that something doesn't fit. There's a yes. missing Gemma and Juice. Like he's just going like this, man. So here's this is to me one of the biggest scenes that I thought. Not in the way the scene was shot because it's it's not it's just something we as an audience I don't think gave enough time to is the meeting with jury and then kind of how it all ends mm. because there's so much that goes on in this scene. One, jury says he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He says Lynn didn't. He didn't tell Lynn anything. Okay, that kind of gets over. Can I add to that? Can I add yeah. to that? And he said this, Charles. He goes, "I wanted you dead, Jax." But I didn't rat. I didn't do it. That fucked me up when I saw that again. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten that part of that writing. Mm -hmm. So what's going on, you guys? Yeah, who did tell him? What's fucking going on, Charles? Do you Uh, you know? Do you remember? I I just know when I shot the scene, I thought, hmm. He's telling the truth. Yeah, not only is he telling the truth, but the same thing you thought. It was like, okay, but who gave him the information? And and you know, but it was it was my job to shoot. Yeah, and no, no, and that's again being the director. But there's also something else big that comes from this. He's giving this information that JT might have killed himself, and we're setting up the suicide in the last episode. Right, he's setting up the something exact- so cool there, Charles. He goes, JT knew that panhead. Better than anybody. He wouldn't know if Clay fucked something up in the engine. So he probably committed suicide. Like, I'm going, oh, my God. That he ran himself into the truck. We're literally seeing episode 13 or 14, whatever it is, play out in this scene. Because Jax is in denial about it. Right? Yeah, no, but you know what you just made me realize? I shot the scene wrong. No, you fucking. No, no, no. Then I'm going to tell you why. Because what you just said with that line of dialogue is where everything before that line should have fallen away. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's the most important line in the scene. But but I was thinking of all of the information that was to get get out, right? And thinking about keeping the club away from this conversation. and Yeah, all we stayed away. You kept us away. But now when you, when you say that it would, it would be like oh, going back to superheroes. It would be like if Bruce Wayne heard, well, in actuality, your father paid that dude in the alley to kill your mother. And he was supposed to survive. Imagine Batman hearing it. Right. Right. Yes. That whole moment is supposed to push off any other thing wow. that happened. Wow. Wow. And you, you, okay. just made, you just okay, made me realize that, that that shooting should have come from that line and not from I'm trying to cover shit up. Wow. I got a question. Did you know at this Thank moment him. you directing? <laughs> did, you, did you know that he dies via suicide at the end of the show? I don't think I did. Okay. Because there was there was the briefest of wow, Charles, really? Yeah, that was the you and and Paris were the two attached to Sutter in everything that went down. 
Paris was more attached to Southern. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was, I was the, I was the soldier that you knew you could send to the battlefield and shit would get done. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, but I, I believe that there was a half of a whisper of, is there a season eight? Oh my God. And so that before I've never heard that. And so with, but again, it wasn't like a conversation in the room kind of thing. It was just. Got you. Got you. FX. Begging for a season eight. You know, back another truck, back another truck up and just fill it full of money. Wait. (laughs) And so I think with that in mind, I didn't really pay any attention to anything that was being said beyond that rose bush later on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So again, with him being killed, he's first nine. Gone. It's a giant fucking move, right? We learn, we hear about JT. We basically, I don't want to say vindicate or whatever clay in that. If it's true, right. We're basically saying clay might not have done that to his bike. We're saying that Gemma might not have been part of JT's death. Bullshit. They were anyway, go ahead. but the point is that we're putting it out there that they might right. not be jury saying he didn't tell Lynn and Jack still shoots him in the head. But jury pulled the gun up. Jury pulled the gun up. It was in self-defense in a way. I mean, he had to blow him away. I'm sorry he did because we could have we got more could information. Could have shot him in the leg. Him. Could have shot him in the chest. Could have shot yeah. him in the arm. Yeah, but he Could have shot him right somewhere else. Didn't have to shoot him in the head. Okay. So the boys are riding from uh, fast back now because we find out Abel – Right. And while this is all going on, Abel, who I know, again, he's super young. It would be like even younger than my kids acting, says to Gemma went about accidents. He says, do you do yes, you know great. what accidents are fucking great? Isn't that kid great with you, Charles? Wasn't he just great? That little boy? Like, come on. He, he was like the twin with my toys until it's time to say the line. I know. <laughs> and then say he the said, line, say the line, say the line. OK, boom. No, <laughs> boom. We can move on. Got it. Yeah. And then Jackson, the crew, see what happened at the house. Uh, obviously, it's Marks, right? We, we know Marks is the one who did Probably. this. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a big one for me because we're about to cut back to Bobby and Carmelo yep. Anthony makes an appearance. Mello is, and Charles had to shoot him in the doorway because he's six foot, what? Seven. Ten? Six foot seven. Six I forgot he was in the show. He's in How it. great was that? Yeah. Um, he, his coach at the time, his off season coach was a friend of mine. Wow. And, uh, we were talking one day, actually Lala came by to visit one day too. I had become buddies with her and they both told me about how much he loved the show. And so I went to Kurt and I said, look, you know, I know we're going to be doing Marx's crew. There's this guy named Carmelo Anthony, plays NBA, blah, 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 loves the show. Do you think we could get him in the show? And he was like, all right, let me think about it. And, and I, like, left him alone. And then he was like, yeah, do it. And so, <clears throat> you know, they lived, they were living here in, in the summer. And so it was like, hey, um, Carmelo Anthony's here. And it was like, yeah, he's supposed to be on the show. And he comes in and we get him dressed and edge him up and all this other kind of stuff. And, and you talking, you're talking about somebody's dream coming true. 
I, I heard that he subsequently had a viewing party. Yeah, you bet he did. <laughs> and, so and, you bet he did. And, 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 you know, and I thought he was going to show up and, and just kind of like be half-ass interested and stuff like that. But he sat in Video Village the whole time. He was like, what do I need to do? Is there something else I could do? But all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, no, nah, just keep it simple. Did you, you know, meet him, Theo? Did you go to set that day? Yeah, fuck yeah. I've known, I've met him a he million times Knicks, from the garden. When he played at the Knicks, I was, I yeah. used to see him all the time. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, he's one of the greatest scorers ever in the history of basketball. But he, when he came to set, there's very few people who I've seen who like fanboy out. Yeah, he fanboyed. Not, he fanboyed out. And mainly the weirdest one was we were walking, you know, I'd met him at the gate and we were walking and I was taking him through and he saw Unser and he was like, Oh my God, man, it's fucking Chief <laughs> Unser. And he started like tripping out when he saw Unser and he Dayton of course is like so aloof. Dayton's got on like dirty pajamas. He's got like <laughs> avocado on his shirt and he's like, Hey, <laughs> but he was so excited. And I love that because you know, listen, it's happened a few times. And that's what I think the power of these weekly shows that last that many years is you become part of their every day. You almost become like water showering and eating like you're just in their life for all yeah. those years, as opposed to the binge watch model where it's like, oh, I watched this really good show the other day. And yeah, it was cool. I don't really remember what it was, but it was it was good, I think. And then someone about, oh, my friend was on that. Did you see him? And they go, when? What you can't even say what episode because you watch them all in a row, but with sons, you can be like, Oh, yeah, you remember season three? They're like the Irish season, yeah. Do you remember this? That, yep, yep, I remember that. And Tig was doing real fans remember it as part of their lives, like what was going on in their life when the show was on. And he reminded me late in the game, no matter who it was, because this is when we had all the fans at the gates, this is when we had all that we had impacted people's lives. Why we do this show, Kim, right? We had impacted people's lives to a point where they're never going to forget you because you represented like when they got married or watched it with their dad, who's no longer with them and watched it with their friends. And they did this. So to see Carmelo Anthony, you know, who's one of the greatest athletes ever to have that same feeling it's incredible. It's just, it's just cool to watch. So I was so glad he got to be on the show and to be, and you had to put him back because of his height, right? You had to right, yeah. Because yeah, he was just, he was going to take over the whole damn door frame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is about what you're just saying is my totems because of watching as many movies as I had watched were um, Dayton, Kim, uh, Beach, yeah, yeah. Those, you, I had seen you guys everywhere. Yeah. And so when I got to come on set and have that first conversation with Kim, it was like so amazing. Oh, he was in Last Boy Scout. He was yeah, in, yeah. you know, it was like bringing all of that film history and seeing it standing in front of me, you know, has it was so cool, like, Charles. It, it was it was it was awesome because you you're right. Even this business teaches us to kind of forget the fans that we were mm-hmm. and have been about this before we got into it. We only, we, all of us at some point 
only want to get into this because we were such fans of it. No doubt about it. No doubt. And so, like, I remember the first time I met Beach, I was, it was like two years off of seeing him on an amazing episode of Third Watch. And I turned to my wife and I said, this is the kind of show I want to be on. And that dude is amazing. Wow. And then two years later, I'm sitting across from him going, don't don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Kim's varied career, it was like <laughs> he was sexy, he was menacing, he was <laughs> in your face, he was goofy, he was all those things. And it was like, yo, you're getting to like work with all of these cats that have like a, a, a history and a life, and now they're in front of you. So I know exactly how he felt. Yeah. You know. It's such a cool, it's just such a cool thing. And you're right. You start off as a fan and somewhere along the line, you kind of, you sadly lose it a little because you start to see sometimes the bad behavior outweighs the good behavior or the bad people. And you you sometimes have to get back to your center and go, okay, I don't care what critics say about this, or I don't care what this job is. I'm doing this. I'm in the game. And you and I, and and before I know you got a flight to catch and we came on, I can't still believe I'm still going to pinch myself, but Charles, you need to know this that what you brought to an incredible successful show in those last two seasons, I don't know how you internally, if you were, like you said, you're so honest about, I better not panic here. I got to act to my feet. You never showed it. You were the most calm, biggest, gentlest bear that we all just wanted to jump on and get info and work with and drink with and go fuck off with that we'd ever run into because no one was calm because no one was calm. So you brought that bro and all your talent and you got to fucking direct this show and we're almost done. Yeah. So off. here, so here we are, we're at the Batman scene. We're on this rooftop and I called the Batman. again, Charles. It, it reminded me of Gotham city. Like it was just like, it's just seeing it. It was the amazing lights and then the sounds and the Foley in the background. And, and we're looking at it. And after everything goes down in this scene with the finger and no, 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 it's not the finger yet. They're just on the, the rooftop, but it's a slow kind of pull out of the rooftop. And now we're going to get into Nero's talking to Wendy, which by the way, is another one that foreshadows. He did two foreshadowings to the finale in this because Nero says to Wendy, you and the boy should come to narc to, to the ranch that he got. And she's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't think Jax would ever let this. And definitely Gemma wouldn't want to go. And but you see it in her eyes. And Dre did this so well that it was like, fuck, he's getting out. I tried yeah. to get out. I couldn't yeah. get out. Nero's really getting out. He's yeah. really leaving. And obviously, we're setting ourselves up to break our heart a little here. but he was saying that and you could see how she was thinking I've been with this family since I was a teenager and I haven't been able to get out and this guy's going to do it. And I love that scene before we hit this montage. And then when we hit the montage, you know, Gemma's burying the birds, which is super fucking, you know, it's a giant metaphor to the whole thing, right? It looks like all the other times we've been in the woods burying bodies, but here she is burying the birds. Unser with Eggly, which I just love that we had Eggly there for that scene. Because again, Unser's been in thinking mode the whole time. And here he is kind of in a lighter, having fun type mode. Juice with the cockroach, 
which was one of the Charles. I don't know if you remember the stunt cock, the Wrangler, the Wrangler rope. Tell us about that real quick. Come on, tell us about uh, that. We we spent more time that 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 those roaches got more love than Theo that day. That was a Wrangler. They had their own person. Yes. That, this isn't just some regular cockroach. Yeah, it's like okay, trained. this one's not performing. Very well pull out this other one. Trained cockroaches. This you is not a right. joke. Yeah. And. And he and he she whatever the cockroach was didn't tell me would like perfectly go up my arm and right to here and then we had to bring in the fake cockroach yeah and the fake one was the one which I had to you can't you know, kill the stars like that you can't I would yeah. never kill the star that cockroach is still working right now it's in the new Suicide Squad it's out there <laughs> cockroach is appearing in new Marvel movies left It'll and right be on Jimmy Kimmel next week yeah <laughs> so then. You guys head back up with the finger. You come out onto this rooftop. Obviously, this looked like a Friday. I could be wrong, but it looked like a Friday. Well, it was late. It was late. Was it? Because it was, was late. It, was it midnight, I'm, Charles? I'm not. It was late, but I'm, I'm not sure if it was a Friday. I think we were leading to a Friday. We were leading to it, but then we leave them all there and we pull away. Now, it did bother me that we ended two episodes on a body part. Fine. Fine. There was no big revelation at the end of something new. Bobby's still up Shit's Creek. Nothing has moved forward with Marks. We did lose jury. That's a big deal. But it did feel like, okay, as a fan, get ready because we're getting towards the end. Right? right? Like, get ready. Couldn't agree so, more. So as, and and I mean, I just think that it's so, I mean, did you like, were you just super hyped when you fucking saw it? Because you probably watched it like 10 times before it aired. And then when it aired, were you just like. No, I wasn't. I, you know. I, were, you ha- were you happy with your cut and then with what yeah. they did with it? No, no, it? no. He, he didn't, he didn't alt mine. Oh, good. There was one Vista that I was like, I had to go to Yahada and I was like, man. Craig. He'll yeah. put that back. And he was like, he's not putting it back. Um, um, but you know, my thing is I'm in school at the same time that I'm doing this. So I don't, I figure like, I don't see stuff. I'll never see my stuff the way other people see it. You know, you, and you you know, this very well that, you know, I, I keep hoping that there'll be enough things to do so that I'll eventually get to the point where I'm good enough to say, Oh, that was okay. You know, but like, so fucking modest, bro. Whenever I, no, I I mean, I, 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 this is all I've ever wanted to do. Other than when I wanted to be a singer, when Michael Jackson had just left. Of course. No, but, but, but But this is this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. And I really want to be very fucking good at it. Yeah. And so whenever I look at stuff, I think about the mistake steps that I made. And, you know, Paul was absolutely fantastic with me. You know, our DP. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And the crew was actually great. and, And everyone was great. And it was like, you know, it. I've had moments where it's been like, yo, this is what I saw in my head in terms of my career. And this episode was one of them. Um, And I was like, (laughs) I really hope I didn't fuck this up. That was how I felt. 
In fact, you enlightened a filler episode, meaning this was after the first Bobby body part, which is so stunningly shocking. How do you, what do you do in the next episode? Well, you did it. That's what Kurt wrote. You did it. You had big ass fucking acting scenes, then little pops, a little bit of, a lot of bike shit. A lot went down and I don't know, man. It was a beautiful fucking job. And uh, there's only five to go. Can you believe I'm only, I'm, I will, if I can say this, I, I am most proud of coming off of Jax's shoe. Yeah. Out to everybody riding. Wow. Mm. Because. I remember that now, riding scene. I remember that now that you're talking about that. I remember yeah. that. It was the only, it was one of the Air Force One and out. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the few times that I I felt like in the show, you know, when you, when you're doing blood work, this, because of the way my brain works, I think like, where does blood fall that nobody thinks of? Shoes. Shoes. You know, and so boom on his white shoe. Air Force Ones have always been such a contentious thing on the show. Like they've been talked about since season one. So having that moment is incredible. Gorgeous. You know, and and season seven, I made sure that every episode, Jax had a new pair of Air Force Ones. I I did not want what had been happening, which was he was wearing one pair of shoes over and over again. I was like. His shoes are like Batman's costume. They always need to be in tip-top form, no matter what's going on. And so they would replace his shoes every episode. And then I was like, the blood on the Now we're going to film that. Now we're going to fuck up the thing that's sacred to him. Wow, there you go. And then we're going to, like, get back to business at hand. So dope. Um, I love you both. As we you. always do. Um, Charles fucking Murray. Are you the merch is out. Right Charles Murray, Kim Coates, C. Rossi. Coates, C. Coates. You guys. Oh, my God, Charles. I'm on a plane to L.A. Charles, I'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Uh, and let me just say this. Working under Paris Barkley, because I think Paris and Chris Chulak are two of the best directors in television. Mm. Peace out there. I learned a lot. I bet. There you go. Shout out, shout out to Paris, Paris. And uh, who was Chris? We never had a Chris on our show. Oh, you never had a Chris Chulak. He, he was on something else, but two of the best television directors living. Mm-hmm. Well, and Kim's one of the best looking people and, ever. On and I still have a good looking. And he'll be back always. on the Mayans and he'll be back on the Mayans. We're all going to watch. Congratulations, Kim. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. I love you, buddy. Love Get you, Theo. Love, love you. y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know the deal. Theory Pod, hashtag Theory Pod, capital T-H-E-O, small R-Y, capital P-O-D. If we're talking Reaper Reviews, it's the hashtag Reaper Reviews with the double R. Go everywhere where where this podcast is available and go subscribe and follow Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, wherever. And uh, and then if you want to see the videos, go on to YouTube and subscribe to the page. We got some cool stuff coming. Um, Like I always say, this life goes by in a blink. So stay up, stay awake, keep being the example, um, and let's keep making a difference. All right? All right. Hey, yo, shout out to my crew, the theory team, the team. Okay. Starting with my incredible editor, 
Caroline Kawash to the incredible design skills of Cesar Arvello to the other designer slash web slash everything, Justin Tordella. Go look them up. Go follow them. Go thank them. They're an incredible team, and I wouldn't be even remotely able to do a second of this without them. So shout out to the entire Theory team, uh, or as we say in New York, big up. Um, incredible people, incredible humans, and I'm fortunate and proud to have them.